welcome back to the podcast. So this week, if you didn't listen to the last episode, I am doing a media-based week. Anything that's media-based that has impacted me that I would like to talk about is what this whole week is about. So this week, I really wanted to dissect real high school themes in Freaks and Geeks. If you don't know what Freaks and Geeks is, this is an episode I'm pretty sure you can listen to and it'll probably get you inspired to watch Freaks and Geeks, but if you have watched Freaks and Geeks, please discuss with me everything that you feel about this episode because it is a show that I personally like because of how real it is, but not only how real it is, there are some moments that are just like, ah, that's kooky, kooky. But overall, it's such a good show because it's not the stereotypical like coming of age, high school, this girl figured out that she was weird. This girl figured out that she was uncool, so she did everything to make herself cool, like a makeover teenage BS type story. Freaks and Geeks is based in, not not like the show, the setting, but like the story is based in Wisconsin and it follows two teenagers, Sam and Lindsay Weir. Both are siblings and given two labels that are supposed to fall under being a freak or being a geek. Lindsay is 16 years old and I don't know how old you are in high school when you're 16, are you a sophomore? She's either a sophomore or a junior. Um, And then Sam is a freshman and he's really like small and really just such an accurate portrayal of what like a high school freshman is supposed to look at at their most awkward stage. And I really appreciate the casting director choosing Sam Weir because he was legitimately 14. The actor who played Sam wasn't, you know, like 33, like half of these freshman actors, freshman actors, half of these portrayal of what freshman is supposed to look like when I was growing up because I feel like there are a lot of tv shows that are like 90210 was supposed to be (laughs) was supposed to be on um high schoolers but like they casted like 20 year olds and like 30 year olds which is ridiculous so another thing about the casting is I just recently found out that the person who casted for The Office also casted for Freaks and Geeks the creator of The Office not the creator the director of The Office, what's his name? Greg Daniels specifically looked at Freaks and Geeks as inspiration to pull from The Office. Because if you don't know, The Office is also a very real people looking show. Not very like, oh, the, <laughs> the geek is gonna be, who's somebody that's really pretty? in the geek is going to be somebody who looks like miley cyrus just in glasses and suspenders like legitimate real looking people who are portraying real roles that could be derived from like real life people into characters anyways as i was saying the show follows two siblings sam and lindsay weir both her siblings one's a freak um lindsay transitions into being a freak uh and then sam is a geek Although the show, okay, although the show promotes stereotypes of freaks and geeks, it also is really quick to debunk why each person should fall under the label of freaks and geeks. Kind of through their own circumstances, life experiences, and introspection that is, you know, shown to the audience. The thing, the things that stood out to me in some of the themes of freaks and geeks 
are like the theme of identity. And I know it's so cliche for a show to, you know, use identity, like the teenage struggle, which is like what you go through in your teens. It's like figuring out your identity, figuring out what caters to your identity or what you want your identity to be. Like half of your teen is thinking about what molds your identity and like what you want your identity to be like. And the thing I like about the show is that it wasn't really like a corny representation of a girl, you know, like herself realizing that she isn't cool and so she changes to appease the cool crowd and then when she changes to join the cool crowd she realizes that she could have just been herself all along like aka like half of the high school coming of age stories that a lot of us grew up watching i like freaks and geeks because it really dissects the idea of identity in both quote freaks and geeks unquote but although the show plays into like, cause you know, like they named it Freaks and Geeks in order for people to like play into the stereotype. Um, it like deeps di- it deep dives into like what that really is without fully having to say it like in every other line. One of the main characters, Lindsay Weir, used to be a geek, but as she's growing and changing, she goes through a shift where she somehow sees herself more as a freak or maybe she doesn't see herself more as a freak she likes the things that appeal to freaks she wants to hang out with more like freak type people and she wants to like ditch basically her like geekish ways and the the geekish people that are around her aka millie (laughs) millie i feel so bad for her okay we'll get into her later so um, as Lindsay is starting to ditch the really geeky things about her, she's becoming a little bit more rebellious, like completely on purpose and kind of just delving into what the freaks delve into. But the freaks who are, oh my gosh. Also, this cast is insane. I'm, I was born in 1999, which is the year that this came out. But the people who are on this show, how young they are when like I was being born is so crazy to me. So um, Lindsay Weir and Sam Weir. Uh, Sam Weir is John Fran- Francis Daly. I haven't seen him in like a lot of things after this, but he turned out really nice. Oh my, look up, look up a picture of John Francis Daly. I would spell it out for you, but I don't feel like doing that. He turned out so like, you. You just see him in the show and you just feel like you're gonna remember him like that forever, but like you just, he's great. Lindsay was also the woman who played Velma in the real life action of Scooby-Doo. And she was recently in the show Dead to Me, which I also really love and enjoy. I don't think I'll talk about it because it is a good show, but it just, it didn't impact me in the way that this show has impacted me, so. Lindsay's love interest is James Franco. And at the time, James Franco was 20 years old, which is, I don't, I don't know why that's hitting me so hard, but okay, I'll just get into more of the actors and then I'll like talk, tell you why I'm so shocked. Um, and then one of the other freaks, two of the other freaks are Nick Andopoulos and Ken Miller, but then also Kim Kelly, which is, Busy Phillips. And then Ken Miller is Seth Rogen 
and Jason Siegel is Nick Andopoulos. I just, to have James Franco, Jason Siegel, and Seth Rogen in one show as they're both, as they're all, you know, like young adults, that's crazy to me that, because I've only known them as famous and like iconic actors for like my whole life. To think of them like being the same age I'm around, I just can't fully comprehend that. Um, to see them as like growing actors. So yeah, to have some pretty iconic names such as a Franco, a Siegel, a Rogan. <laughs> um, yeah, James was James. Who the heck refers to James Franco as James besides his family? Insane. Um, Jason Siegel was 19 and Seth Rogen was 17. Hello. Hello. What the heck? Um, and then Busy Phillips, I have no idea how old she was. I honestly don't care that much. <laughs> because Busy Phillips is cool, but I don't know. And then Neil, the character who plays Neil, was also 17. And so was... What was their other friend with the big glasses? Goodness, I forgot. Also a really good character. Along with the theme of identity... Um comes like how other people react to you changing your identity. Lindsay had gotten into a bit of trouble with, I know I'm not like describing this that well. I'm not somebody who reviews movies. This isn't a re movie reviewing podcast. This is just like me talking about what stood out to me. When you change your identity in high school, a lot of your surroundings change as well. The people that she hangs out with are different. The things that she wants to do are different and the freaks kind of impacted her in a very negative way that she didn't realize till the end but in the very beginning she was like oh this is so cool the freaks don't really care about the things that i used to really care about and um they're really cool they like to ditch they like to ditch school and they like to do drugs and they like to blah 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 they like to be really carefree so she kind of dives into a few of those things but as she's like in the thick of everything, her old friend Millie, Millie, um, notices like that she's not throwing her life away, but that was kind of Millie's words was, why are you throwing your life away? And Millie asks Lindsay's younger brother, Sam, like, why is Lindsay throwing your her life away? So then Sam, in a very, very important scene, I feel like that like really shapes the whole intention of this whole entire show to me, um, in a very important scene, Lindsay's like just chilling on her bed. I think she was having, she was really emotional and Sam comes in and he just says, uh, why are you throwing your life away? And to that, she goes into the story about her grandma, which is like such, such a good scene. So Lindsay then replies with, did dad ask you to say that? And Sam's like, no, Millie did. And she goes into this story about how she'd spent a few moments with her grandma when her grandma's last few moments were happening. Basically, when her grandma was dying, she said that her grandma looked so scared and she looked like she wasn't ready to go. And she, her grandma told her, like, I'm not ready to go yet. I don't want to go. And then Lindsay says to her grandma, do you see a light? Do you feel anything? Is God there? And then um, her grandma says, no, I don't see anything. 
And she's telling Sam that. And like in that moment, you kind of realize like, oh, she's acting out because the person that really inspired her, which she also says like, why grandma was such a good person her whole life and that's what she got. She didn't see anything. Um, The person that she like really looked up to and like probably was a very big role model to her, not getting anything in the end really hit her in a different way and made her feel like, well, I don't see what the point of doing good deeds is if I'm going to get nothing in the end, just like my grandma did. But, okay, as a teen, I can, no, let me not say I can see where that comes from because I definitely wouldn't do that. Um, it's it's like an unrealistic, <laughs> it's kind of an unrealistic thing to throw in in order to be so like hit by your grandma dying that you ask her like, do you see anything? No, I don't. Well, she hasn't even died yet, Lindsay. So wait and find out. (laughs) Sorry, I'm garbage. I think when you're in high school, you are coming to terms with like, whatever decisions you make, whatever you surround yourself with, that is kind of what you're gonna become. And when I was in high school, there was a moment of like complete hopelessness where I was just like, I really don't see a point in doing a bunch of things, doing doing things that would like add value to my life and also things that would make me a good kid. Because I feel like, especially when you're in high school, it's so easy to be influenced by what, I don't know, bad kids are doing because the excitement is in the risk and it's also in the rebellion. So when you're that full of hormones, you really lean into that because it's like, well, I'm young. (laughs) I'm young and um, like being good is fun, but you don't really comprehend like what being good can do for you. So I think that Lindsay is completely at this point where she's just like, there's really no point um, in trying to be a good person if the person that I looked up to was a good person her whole life and then all of a sudden she's dying, she can't see anything. I thought that was so, such an interesting scene to write, to act, to be a viewer of. I'm really happy that I saw that when I was young because I didn't, it didn't hit me the same way it hit Lindsay. I was kind of just like, really? (laughs) You're gonna throw your whole entire life away because your grandma hadn't even fully died yet and she hadn't seen heaven? Wow. That scene to me just, I think, made me realize like this show is so much deeper and has, should have got so much more credit at the time. Maybe it does get enough credit, I don't know, but since it's canceled now, it doesn't feel like it got enough credit because like if it did, then it wouldn't have, you know, gone. While I was doing my research for this, that the time that um, Freaks and Geeks was on, it was, I think, every Saturday at 8 p.m. And that was like a horrible time slot. They aired for the first couple weeks. And then um, 
I think some sport, I don't know, please do not quote me on this, please look it up for yourself if you're gonna take my word, please don't, like, don't tell anyone you heard this on a podcast, you can look this up, Freaks and Geeks episode had aired for two weeks, they took a break for, I think, three weeks, and then they came back on the air, and back, I think, in the 90s, Saturday and 8 p.m. was a horrible, horrible time to play something meant for kids. I don't fully understand why I was just watching something that had said that it was a horrible time slot. I can't believe we've changed so much. I feel like Saturday 8 would be prime time to show. Anyways, had a horrible time slot. Um, The way that they spread the show out, it wasn't gonna get many views. It basically, there was no chance of it surviving, so it didn't survive. But I am happy now that it is 2020 and we can watch Freaks and Geeks at any time for any reason (laughs) Um, on Netflix. If you haven't watched Freaks and Geeks, I highly recommend. Um, There is about 18 episodes. Ooh, is that true? Let me check. Hold on. Oh Oh my my gosh. It's not even on Netflix anymore. Just kidding. I, I, I oh, oh my gosh, I'm, I am so upset you don't even know. You don't even know. Oh, that really sucks. It's funny, the first thing that pops up when I looked up Freaks and Geeks is dead to me. Love that. <laughs> you can't watch it on Netflix, apparently. Another theme that I really liked in Freaks and Geeks is the minuscule problems that are also real-life portrayal of teenage problems, like real-life small problems that they made into a lot of episodes that were like really relatable if you're a teenager and you're just struggling through high school. Like when Jason Siegel's character, Nick Andopoulos, <laughs> What a what a great character name, Nick Andopoulos. I love like ridiculous last names. I mean, Andopoulos isn't that rid- ridiculous, but it's kind of um, like an unknown like last name. Like what's another like Weir? That's such a cool last name to me because it's ridiculous. <laughs> also, speaking of the director slash producer 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 Judd Apatow, love his last name too. Um, I was just about to go on a rant about Judd Apatow, but I can't do that right now. I have to get through what I was saying. The real life problems, like when Jason Siegel's character wanted to become a drummer so bad, because that was his thing. Nick Andopoulos's <laughs> um, whole entire thing was like that he really liked music and that he was really into rock and roll and that he was always drumming. And I remember when him and, Lin- him and um, Lindsay started to go out, which was also just a weird couple. That's a weird couple. (laughs) Um, But I fully understand why. I think, I don't remember exactly how they started dating, but when they started dating, it was a very accurate portrayal of people who are not supposed to be together. Because Lindsay the whole time had a crush on um, Daniel. How do you say his last name, Desario? I think that's it. Great last names, I I love these. Um, but Daniel, like, wasn't very upfront with Lindsay, and Lindsay just, she's just one of those people that, like, really likes people who are just not very realistic for her to like. (laughs) Um, she's so much better than 
Daniel could ever be. But anyways, I think Nick expresses some sort of interest in Lindsay. And then Lindsay is just kind of like, she just feels so bad for Nick. (laughs) And she just really doesn't want to say no to going out with him. So I don't remember how they went out together, but they go out. This is like half of the high school couples for real. Not saying that freaks and geeks and whatever of the 90s were realistic, but a couple that is not supposed to be together in high school because somebody feels too bad to say yes or no to somebody else expressing interest in them is extremely real. Nick is somebody who doesn't really have a lot going for him. I'm just being honest. Um, He's in the Freaks and Geeks gang, but he has a really good heart. He really does say a lot of motivational things to Lindsay and, you know, he is, he looks like he'd be a good boyfriend. They're just very, very uncompatible. Um, Anyway, so he's really into drumming, but his dad looks down on drumming and basically says like, if you don't pick up your grades, I'm gonna send you off to the military. And I think this is a very realistic episode and a realistic teenage problem because a lot of teenagers have this like, un- yeah, a lot of teenagers have a passion, whether or not they're good at it or not good at it, whatever, they still have a passion that they would like to pursue. Um, and sometimes parents are very much the voice of reason as to why you should or shouldn't do that thing. But Nick is very, very passionate about the drums and he's always playing the drums and Lindsay's fed up with the drums. And Lindsay says, why don't you go out and do something with yourself? Why don't you, if you really like drumming, why don't you like audition for whatever? I I forgot what she says, but basically she puts on pressure for him to do something with his drumming career because he truly feels so passionate about it. Then he's like, I don't want to do anything but drum. So anyways, he goes out on a little audition. I forgot what band was auditioning, but it was a very popular band in their little made up <laughs> town. And he completely bombs the audition. And after that, he realizes like, he's just not a good drummer. He's a horrible, <laughs> he's a, a horrible musician. And I forgot what he does with that information, but I was just thinking like, even though not all of us, committed to something and have found out that we're not good at it um having an interest that you want to build your future on when you're young is really common and not knowing what you want to do is too but then like going out doing something and like basically pursuing trial and error when you're young I think is really what it's all about is really what helps you realize your interests when you're a teen so that to me is a very realistic theme that they've committed to. I think that's one of the best episodes they've done, honestly. Another minuscule problem is like image and they don't specifically have, maybe they do. They don't specifically have many like body image type episodes, but since Sam Weir, who was 14 at the time, uh, at the time, I'm saying that like it's his actor. Well, the actor is Sam Weir, but The actor who plays Sam Weir is very short, like real life short and um, very scrawny as well. 
and um he has a crush on this girl what's her name oh my gosh he has a crush on cindy and i think a lot of high school is putting a lot of your time and effort into people that you're truly like really interested in um so we see a lot of sam like wanting to sydney i meant to say sydney but i keep saying lindsay this whole time we see lindsay in the best light and i think it's very realistic to high school because it's not realistic to 100 of the time see somebody in the best light possible and see what you want to see out of them but that is that's exactly how she's portrayed is like perfect in sam's eyes um and honestly a lot of us i can't say all of us because i don't know a lot of us just see our crush somebody who can do no wrong who's like always smiley always just like perfect and the way that he pursues her is very heavy on like the things that he can do to impress her the things that he but he's also very insecure like he's insecure about what he doesn't have he's insecure about um a lot of the stuff that he lacks when it comes to wanting to be with her which is also really interesting the way that they play it out in the show honestly i wish i had a smoother transition to to say the show shouldn't have been canceled so early because it's one of those shows that i think i fully stand by saying this it's one of the greatest canceled shows that should have gone on and i honestly don't know a lot of other canceled shows that i would like love to see more of but freaks and geeks is definitely number one because it's just it's an amazing show <sighs> quick note though quick note about the director slash producer of freaks and geeks i think that at the time judd Jed apatow was just like an executive producer I am somebody who never pays attention to like producers, directors, anything, like anything revolving movie type stuff. But really, I've been paying a lot a lot of attention recently to Jud Jud Apatow just cuz I've been noticing I've been watching a lot of his projects. Like I I used to never pay attention to it before cuz I just did not care, but now as I'm growing into being a creative type wanting to pursue more projects, I think it's important to look at the type of people that do a lot of projects that you like cuz it's like oh where the, where did those things come from why was that written what what about this project is so interesting and like who contributed to it i think Jed Apatow is cool because he's contributed to movies like Superbad which i hadn't even seen until like a year ago cuz my boyfriend was like you haven't seen Superbad and i was like no i don't even know what that is um he's contributed to Superbad as either a director or a producer i don't know like he goes on and off for some of these uh the show Girls which is also a good show The Big Sick Kicking and Screaming which i loved growing up and a project i have yet to watch which is the king of staten island oh, i wish i could watch it but i looked on amazon the other day and it was like 15 to rent to rent hello no yeah i never keep track of any sort of directing acting producing ah acting definitely um any sort of act any sort of directors or producers till now because you know I I've been a child until a couple years ago but 
it's really important to take note of who contributes to your favorite movies, music, whatever, because they could have some of your favorite shows, movies, or whatever else. And you wouldn't even know about it because you're not looking at who produces them. Anyways, that was my thoughts on Freaks and Geeks. It was very, very sparse. I wish it was more in depth. But since I am uploading every single week this week, every single week, every single day this week, and I'm also starting college on top of starting a new job, I don't have a lot of time to brilliantly write every single episode. So if you enjoyed this episode, please let me know because really... (laughs) All of the effort that I put in is really nice to be affirmed by sometimes. Also, my my Leah Simone um, gave me a lovely review on her YouTube channel. It is Moments by My Leah, and she put me in her little list of podcasts to listen to, and I really, really appreciate that. If you like some of the episodes that I've done before, please leave me a rating and a review down in podcasts, Apple Podcasts, if you have it. Because I don't think that anybody else does podcasts. But I really appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for tuning in.